0: Welcome to the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Tonight's guest, entrepreneur, jazz and blues artist, public speaker, Founder and CEO of MHW Live Music and the Wiggler Group, Matt Wiggler. Hey, what you drink? Okay, so uh, we have heard from a lot of my friends, a lot of folks that I just have in my contact list, right? I'm just picking folks out of my contact list that I usually talk to on a weekly basis. I'm just bringing that into the, into the room, into the conversation. But every now and then, I get someone who has just heard the podcast. They've heard this this thing that we're doing with whiskey, jazz, and leadership, and they just reach out and say, dude, I need to be part of this conversation. And that's what we're gonna have today. So Matt, come on into the room, man, welcome.
1: Thanks, Galen, good to see you.
0: Nice to see you, man. I'll tell you, I just really, you know, I get a little nervous. When these people that I haven't met. So I do a little I do a little background check and I do just like five seconds worth of background check. And dude, you are like the real thing from a jazz perspective. So I mean, I got tons and tons of questions to get <laughs> to with you. But the first question and you know, a lot of folks say that, you know, Galen, you can't say that this is the most important question because We already know this is the most important question so i'm just gonna ask anyway what you drinking
1: so i'm drinking this is four roses bourbon whiskey here and uh i'm not exactly a whiskey connoisseur but i I like this it's pretty tasty
0: all right well hey i i knew you were coming you know i pulled out my four roses as well and this is the small batch select and, you know, I tell you, this is different than the other four roses that I've had before. So I'm, I'm gonna join you. I'm gonna join you. I'm gonna crack this right. um, bad boy open. That's a good sign that you had it in your collection. This is it. And. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. This is good. Just neat. Uh, well, I'm gonna sit and enjoy this. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Bring to life what I found of you like jamming with your I don't know if you had your trio with you or if it was just you up there doing your thing, but just tell me a little bit about you, and let's get into this conversation sure
1: I'm originally from Baltimore. I started playing piano really young, and I had some great teachers growing up and very supportive parents you know who got me into music and I mean, this sounds funny to say, but it's true. I started playing professionally. My first professional gig, I was 13 years old in Baltimore. And I had a couple of uh, bands that I used to play with when I was growing up and through high school, blues and jazz, and you know, that that sort of music. There was a great band and also very close family friends of of mine and my parents, uh, called Deanna Bogart Band. And Deanna is a great singer pianist saxophonist songwriter she had a great band based in maryland coincidentally you know very close to where i grew up and so when i was oh i don't know maybe 11 or 12 years old remember i went out with my dad and we saw a concert that she was giving and we said i remember my dad went up to her and said you know can you give some piano lessons to my son or so anyway finally we convinced her And we became very close friends and I started to play with her band and, you know, started to play at some different festivals and concert series and all that. And got very into jazz piano, blues piano, playing with my own trio. And I also play Hammond B3 organ, which I don't know if you heard. So anyway, so that's the childhood learning how to play music and starting to play music professionally. And then I went to... Manhattan School of Music, my first year of college, which was a really good experience, very interesting experience. And I uh, ended up transferring down here to Miami, University of Miami, uh, and finished college at University of Miami, studied music, and then I studied Spanish. And I ended up getting a music and Spanish degree. And then I went to business school also at University of Miami. So I got an MBA from University of Miami. As far as the business or leadership stuff that we'll talk about, I've got these two businesses. One of them is five years old, where it's called MHW Live Music, where we provide live entertainment for a whole bunch of hotels all around the country, which I can talk about. More, most recent business that I started in the depths of the pandemic, it's, we just had our first business birthday uh, last week. It's been one year. We do business-to-business prospecting on behalf of a whole bunch of clients. So I've got a whole team of, we call them outreach specialists, but you could think of them as fractional sales reps that we assign to the different clients. And we book some pretty tricky and and hard to get sales meetings for uh, a range of different clients.
0: So that brings me to today. That's the biography so far. Wow. That's quite the biography, man. And I'm impressed that you were able to start by pursuing your passion. One of the things that I am really, really focused on saving people from at this point, and that is this idea that when we are kids, we usually know exactly what we wanna do when we grow up. And we are very, very clear until some well-meaning adults convince us that we need to get something more practical. And fortunately, that didn't seem to happen to you sounds like your dad leaned into this thing that you were clear that you wanted to do uh at a very very young age tell me about that what was that like
1: so you're making a very interesting point which i hear you know this issue of can i do what i'm passionate about or what i love to do as my career and i have heard all kinds of things which it's painful to me, too, to hear when people are saying, oh, I had to give that up or I couldn't make that work. And, okay, well, first of all, yeah, my parents were very supportive. You know, my dad was not a professional musician, but uh, he plays trumpet. And it's really interesting because he, he also is an entrepreneur and had a, you know, has had a, an interesting you know, business career. When I was in high school and had already gotten really into music and was already out playing professionally, he decided to go and get a master's degree in music just for fun, right? And he plays jazz trumpet. You know, he moved down to Miami a few years ago and, you know, we get together and that's a great thing when, you know, you have supportive parents. However, I would say, even for me, like I'm doing these businesses contrary to what some people might assume, not because I... Decided, oh, it's too hard to make a living as a musician or whatever, which it is hard. But because I actually really love doing these businesses and I have so much fun working with my team and building the business, and all of these things get me excited, both the music and the business. To me, it's a question of can you identify the things that get you really lit up and excited and channel that into as many different Opportunities as possible. And what I figured out is, for example, there's some things that I love about playing music I find very satisfying. And there's some other things that I don't love, which I am now saying, okay, let me just focus on, this, on the stuff that I get really excited about. So, in, in the case of music, I really like playing with my trio. I really like playing music that is danceable, feels good, people have a good time. So it's like, okay. And it's like what you're doing on this show. Okay, you've got these things that you like? You like whiskey, you like jazz, you like leadership. What's the you know, through line or what's the tie-in with those things? And I've talked to people who are like me, they're professional musicians and they have a business career. And I've heard people say, well, I feel like I have to compartmentalize those things, or I don't want to tell people that I play music because maybe, every time I hear that, I say it's the exact opposite. People love music. It's a tremendous way to connect with other people and establish, you know, something mutually in common. I, I see it as nothing but benefit to tie yeah. together all the things that you that you like.
0: Yeah, I, I knew right away that you and I would be kindred spirits because those are three things for me that, on the surface, don't seem to fit. They don't seem to connect. And I talked about this a little bit when I had my conf- conversation with Radha, and you know, she was really about loving the things that don't fit, but you're bringing to the point that there is a through line and that through line might not be bold. It may be bold. What is that through line for you between your music interest and your business interest? And I love the fact that you brought up, I'm calling it a dirty word, that dirty word of compartmentalizing, because there is no such thing. People like to say, uh, you know, this is who I am on Tuesday and this is who I am on the weekends. And that's just a bunch of hooey. What is the through line for you between, you know, music and business or whiskey, jazz and leadership?
1: Sure. This is a great question you're asking. And I don't know if you had, you had a, a quote that was waiting on the Zoom, on your Zoom room when I logged in, which I don't know if you share that with the whole Audience here, but it was it was something to the effect of uh, when you're really passionate about what you do, the distinction between work and play goes away. Something like that. Yes. So to me, the through line is what what I figured out so far that really I enjoy and that gets me excited is bringing people together, kind of getting them excited or inspiring them to accomplish some sort of goal or even if it's just as simple as let's get together and go out and do something fun, or if it's as big as let's get together and start a multi-million dollar business. It's like, okay, whatever. But it doesn't matter what it is. That's, I find that I really enjoy that, right? So for music, I like putting together my bands. We usually play in a trio format, sometimes quartet. And to, when the band is really sounding good, I like to just sit back Imagine I'm playing a piano solo, right? I like to just sit back and I don't have to play too many notes. I heard, I saw you like Miles Davis. It's like, you know, if the band sounds good, you don't have to play that many notes. You can just ride that wave. It's beautiful to see, wow, you know, I brought these people together with this common, you know, creating alignment about, I'm talking music here, but I'll do the tie-in for business, obviously, create this alignment. This is the feeling that we're trying to produce when we're playing music. And it's like, wow, you listen to that band and it sounds so good. And even if I don't play any notes, you know, as a soloist, when you do play, the note really means something, right? So, so to me, that thing that I like about putting together a musical group and performing is very analogous to, okay, we've got a goal. You know, the first business. I said, okay, we identified there's all these hotels all around the country and their managers are not having a good and stress-free experience when it comes to putting together an entertainment program around the hotel. Okay, well, let's put the team together, get that message out there. And now it's so exciting to see after five years plus the pandemic, you know, kind of going down to zero and having to pick it back up. It's so exciting to see that just like the band playing and sounding good, that business ensemble if you will is really rocking now too and that through line makes sense to me i don't know if that you know makes <laughs> it, sense to, to the listeners but but to me that that is what i figured out i get a lot of uh, fulfillment out of out of doing that
0: it it makes sense to me too and i i think you're picking up on and putting words to The thing that I enjoy about all three of those, it's like, and I I keep thinking about the words of Miles Davis, and I'm gonna get this one wrong, but he said something about, I don't want you to play what's there. I want you to play what's not there. Can you pick up on what's not there? And that brings to mind something that Quincy Jones said as well, because you reminded me of just your background, the blending of your background reminds me of one of his proteges that was highlighted on one of his documentaries, Alfredo Rodriguez, who is, I believe he's Cuban, but he is just amazing as a pianist. And I think he's leaning more towards jazz. I've got a few of his cuts, but just amazing. And one of the pieces of advice Quincy Jones was giving to uh, Alfredo, is he said, you know, hey, look, when I compose music, I only write 80% because I leave the other 20% for God to walk through the door because that's where the magic happens. And I think that's what you're talking about. It's, it's leaving space and having confidence that something magical is going to happen that doesn't require you to be the one playing.
1: Yes. Well, and, and there's a really strong tie in there to the leadership piece of this conversation, right? Which is when you put together a strong group of people, hopefully you're bringing in people who are better, smarter, more experienced. If you're the leader, you're hopefully you're bringing in people that are better than you are, right? And you got to leave the space for things to happen with, that, with those great people that you're bringing in. If you're covering up 100% of the space, then you're not leaving any opportunity for them to come in and... I'm I'm more like let me let me only cover 5% of the space. And <laughs> if I really have really great people around, then the result is going to be a lot better than what I would have come up with on my own. I mean, that's mm. the idea, right?
0: That's it. In my opinion, that's the key to to leadership and I've seen so many organizations uh who will recruit heavily as some of the top colleges universities, MBA programs in the world. They will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring in these top professionals and executives or they will pay retaining recruiters to bring in these top professionals. And then they will sit down and tell them exactly what they want them to do. wait a second. (laughs) What was the point of bringing in these amazing people if you're gonna tell them exactly what you want them to do and how to do it and then get angry at them every time they suggest something that is a little different than the way you've done it before, you are defeating the purpose. Right. And so I just love the fact that you are highlighting that. And I had, to, I had to pull up the quote because this is one of my favorite quotes. I had forgotten about this being on my uh, waiting room, but the quote that you're referencing is from James Mickner, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning author. He wrote Tales of the South Pacific. And his line is the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he's working or playing. To him, he's always doing both." (laughs) I think that's what life is supposed to be about, right?
1: Absolutely. And to me, that really sums up in a beautiful way this, this whole question that I know a lot of people ask. I mean, I've talked, just even recently, I've talked to, I can remember a lot of conversations where people say, can't wait for the weekend or, oh, shoot, it's Monday. You know, to me, every minute, every hour of your life we don't know how long we have, right? We've got to really make the most of each moment. And that quote is such a great illustration of if people can embody that in the way that they live their life every day, then yeah, it's 24 seven work, play, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think that really produces the fulfillment and satisfaction in your life.
0: That's it. That is it. Yeah, I think, I think it's so important to get really, really clear on what it is that you were put on this planet to do. And I just firmly believe that a hint is that you weren't put on this planet to spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing something that you don't really enjoy doing. Sure, I just, I can't believe that that's the purpose. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Gary Vee talks about and he said, you know, you get it twisted if you are going to work really hard to make a bunch of money so someday you you can live the kind of life you want to live. Yeah. You you got it twisted. You've got to enjoy this.
1: Absolutely. Got to enjoy the journey. We use a lot of Gary V words of wisdom and content in the Wiggler Group business. For example, he's got a really great illustration that we found that we link out to we tell people go look at this Gary V infographic thing and imagine it's a uh, it's a guy in a in a mine and he's chipping away at the mine and what he doesn't see it's in a blind spot for him because there's a wall in front of him is that there's a big pot of gold over here if he just breaks through to if he just keeps chipping away at it and you know eventually you're going to reach that pot of gold and then he's got a, a, a version of the same thing below, which is the same guy chipping away at the mine. The pot of gold's waiting there. He gets an inch away from reaching it. And he says, oh, I give up. And I hear he turns back. And so we use this and we say, because we're in the prospecting business, which requires a huge amount of persistence and also patience. And we tell people, look at this Gary Vee thing, right? It's so easy for people to be doing the right things, they're working, you know, they're, they're moving in the right direction, and then give up and turn back and never really break through to the achievement. I know I, I'm changing, our, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit from what you were talking about, but there's a really good lesson in that to me, which is not only you have to enjoy the journey, but also recognize this level of patience that is required to accomplish a big goal. And I think what people have a hard time with is if you've got a big goal, not everything can be accomplished in about six months or one year mm-hmm. or even five years. I mean, some people are out to accomplish goals that may have 10 year time horizons. If you, first of all, if you don't enjoy the process along the way, you know, you're not going to get those 10 years back. And if you give up halfway through, assuming that you're doing the right actions and you are, the, you are on the right track, then you're not gonna get there either. So uh, you, I, I, I follow the Gary V stuff too. I think he says a lot of really wise things.
0: You, you bring up an incredibly, incredibly good point that a lot of people don't have the patience. We live in a society where they used to call it the microwave society, now it's called the Instagram society. Exactly. which has a whole lot, of, whole lot more layers to it. But we want success right away. And if we can't have success right away, then we will lean up against an expensive car and project sure. the image we have success right away. But this idea of working really hard, learning our craft, I'm sure that when you started playing at nine years old, you didn't sound like you sound today that work, those hours paid dividends that you could not have seen, you may have hoped for, but you could not have seen at nine years old. Let's bring this back to you. Where Where does that patience come from to put in the kind of work with the hope and expectation that something worthwhile is on the other end of that hard work?
1: You know, having learned how to play a musical instrument is a very interesting tie-in with what's required to accomplish any goal. And I know a lot of people on the, who are listening on the leadership side or entrepreneurship side are talking about business goals. Okay, well, it's the same thing, right? I believe in this 10,000 hour thing that people talked about. I think, you know, in my experience with playing music, it certainly seems that way to me. In order to accrue the amount of experience That is required and being a professional musician is such a good example because from day to day and from week to week, maybe from month to month, you can perceive it. But when you start to play an instrument, figuring out whether I'm getting better between Tuesday and Wednesday, the time horizon is too short. You can't tell. It's like looking at a clock and trying to see the hour hand moving. You can't sit there and see it moving. You've got to go out and do whatever it is that you're doing. The actions that you're taking do have to be directed correctly, right? But you learn how to play an instrument, you're practicing. Okay. Do I have some guidance? Do I have a good teacher, a mentor, somebody that's helping me figure out how to direct my practice at the correct activity to keep me on the right track? And then the time horizon that's required, if somebody wanted to say, I've never touched a piano before, I want to be a professional piano player. I mean, you're talking about a 10 year time horizon to accomplish a goal like that. I mean, some people are really amazing and can maybe do it in five years, but nobody does that in one or two or three years, right? So, that experience of, wow, okay, you've got kind of to chip away at it for 10 years. For each of my, I have a partner that I brought in in each of the two businesses, and I'm always talking to them. I say, are we on track? Yes. We're doing the right activities? Yes. And we're saying, okay, we're feeling good. Well, why, why aren't there millions of dollars in the bank account yet? Well, We haven't been at it for enough years, right? And I always say, I think you may be surprised 10 years from now, just how well we're doing, because just like learning how to play an instrument, there's this compounding effect from little incremental improvements over a long period of time. So yeah, I mean, I think those, those are totally related, those two things. And that's why you have to enjoy the process, right? Because if you dislike the process, then there's no way you're going to stick with something for hours a day, every day for 10 years. You know, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta figure out how to enjoy the, the journey.
0: Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button. So you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.